Welcome to another episode of Getting the Most Out of Rocket U2. I'm Kenny Brunel, and I'm your host for today's session. And with me in the studio, I have several guests. Uh, first of all, Vinny Smith is the Product Tools Requirements Manager. Vinny, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Kenny. Glad to join the podcast. Also with me is Ben Wedower, the QA engineer for U2 WebDE. Hello, Ben. Thanks, Kenny. It's a pleasure. And also from our development group, we have Steve Wingfield, who is one of our uh, main developers for U2 WebDE. Steve, it's nice to have you. Thanks, Kenny. Glad to be here. Vinny, as the product manager, perhaps you could give our listeners uh, a quick overview of U2 WebDE. Sure, Kenny. Uh, so for anyone who's not used U2 Web Development Environment or, or U2 WebDE as we shorten it to, this is a tool that allows you to take your existing U2 data, your existing U2 application or, or data subroutines and encapsulate and expose them out to the web as objects. Uh, and you do this using uh, Redback objects or RBOs. And once you've got these RBOs, you can actually integrate them into .NET or Java web applications and so quickly take your U2 data, your U2 application or subroutines and deploy them out as web solutions. Thanks for that, Vinny. Now I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, some of the reasons and the market drivers for coming out with this, uh, this major release of U2 web development environment. Hey Kenny, this is Vinny. I'll take that one. Uh, we had uh, several market problems that we were facing with uh, the existing release of WebDE. Uh, we, wanted, we had customers who wanted to take advantage of native database capabilities such as you know, 7x24 uh, security with SSL or automatic data encryption or you know, wanted to take their web applications and deploy them into foreign or global markets and use things like uh, Unidata's I18N or Universe's National Language Support capabilities. Uh, but the existing WebDE architecture couldn't support this. Um, and I think maybe I'd like to bring Ben in at this point and just uh, have him talk a little bit about what the issues were with the existing architecture and what steps we took to address that and what the new architecture means for WebDE 5.0. Yes, Vinny, thanks. Um, uh, our existing customers with WebDE, with previous versions of WebDE, will remember that, that we were based on the responder slash scheduler architecture. Uh, this is a proprietary architecture, and it didn't really allow us to, to use the existing database features that, that Vinny just discussed, the NLS and, and SSL, things like that. So with version 5.0 of WebDE, we've made a, a big move into the, a UO-based architecture, allowing users to use UniObjects for .NET or UniObjects for Java as their access point into their RBOs, which reside on the U2 data server. As far as scalability in this new architecture, we're using the native connection pooling that is built into the databases to allow users to handle their thousands and, and millions of requests a day, whatever their website might need. That's great, Ben, and uh, very succinctly put. So obviously this, this new architecture will allow all of our customers to reuse their existing RBOs or to build new RBOs and use them with many of the existing database features that they want to use. You know, I, I talked a little bit about internationalization for global markets before. So we had customers who had web applications, uh, but they were restricted and limited to where they could deploy them. You know, they had customer solutions, for example, based out in China where you needed to use simplified Chinese. You know, China has 874 million people who speak 
Chinese. It's a, it's a great market out there. And that was a barrier in their existing WebDE application. So version 5.0 will allow them to redeploy this and use either, you know, Unidata's I18N or Universe's NLS capabilities and bring those applications to a wider market. Customers who want to take advantage on the security side, we have automatic data encryption. So the ability to secure your data on your application server and provide a, you know, a wallet with uh, your encryption password, these can all be reused with WebDE 5.0. Or perhaps they want to secure their data in flight. And so you can use the U2 native SSL capabilities between the web application server and your U2 database server and secure that data bit being transmitted there. And then finally, something like 7x24 support. You know, we're in an always-on world at the moment, and customers in previous versions of WebDE couldn't pause the database because that responder architecture would crash with WebDE 5.0. The new uni objects and connection pooling architecture allows you to pause your database, take a quick snapshot of that, and then back that up separately while your web requests will queue and continue to use your web application. And Vinny, I also want to interject here that in addition to the features that have come along by virtue of our architecture change, we have also done some major improvements in our YouTube Web Designer Eclipse tool. The purpose behind these has been to make life a lot easier for our, our developers um, in terms of administration and installation, things like that. Thanks, Ben. Kenny, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the uh, features that we put into WebDE 5.0 on the .NET side of things. One uh, is that we now have a 100% native or managed .NET API for accessing your RBOs. The other thing that uh, we put into 5.0 is um, RBO data sources. And basically what that allows you to do is to view your RBOs as true ASP.NET data sources. Uh, which is really nice if you're um, doing the web form style of programming in ASP.NET where you want to be able to take advantage of um, automatic data binding and, and uh, largely code-free uh, web pages. So it's a nice feature that we're excited about in 5.0. The other thing I wanted to mention too, just uh, briefly about ASP.NET, um, we do have the .NET data sources support uh, for uh, in 5.0, but then in addition to that, there's a new paradigm that's um, getting popularity in the ASP.NET world called uh, ASP.NET MVC, Model View Controller. And I just wanted to briefly point out that because of the nature of RBOs, that it happens that we actually really fit well into that Model View Controller architecture that's going to be, again, very popular among ASP.NET web, web programmers. Um, so you can easily basically use your existing RBOs as the model portion of the ASP.NET MVC paradigm. So it's a, it's a good fit. We, um, so we're excited about one, about the additions that we're making in the traditional ASP.NET web forms world with our uh, data sources. But then also we wanted to stress that as this new paradigm takes, takes hold, ASP.NET MVC, we fit into that very well. Thank you for your input, gentlemen. Vinny, I know that something that's important to you is making sure that all the work that we put into these releases comes directly from feedback from our customers. So can you talk to what it is, the process that you went through to make sure that customers are getting what they're asking for in, in this product? That's a good question, Kenny. I mean, obviously, we were taking a major risk in doing such a, an overwhelming re-architecture of the product. And it really was important in the very early stages to get feedback and input from customers that the methods we were using and the approach we were taking was fit in order to give all of the features and capabilities we were trying to provide. We actually started more than a year ago with an early adopter program 
And typically we do this for products that are very much in a, a concept phase. And so we engage with you know, one or two customers who are really trying to deploy their web applications out in international or global markets. And some others who'd expressed some concerns on things like administration for 7x24 support. So we engaged them and had them take, uh, I think, three or four early drops of code and help nudge us and direct us and guide us in making sure that we'd actually got the right, uh, the right recipe or the right ingredients for the recipe for what we were trying to bake as a product. And that, that went very well. We then moved uh, earlier this year into a full beta program. And so engaging customers globally, uh, we ran you know, a complete beta program with four sets of code drops over six months, which gave us full feedback and full testing on all of the major features that are available in WebD 5.0. I really think it was a, a very active beta program. Customers engaged really well. You know, and I'd really like to, you know, any of the customers who are listening to this podcast, thank them for their participation in that. Beta programs are very important, and early programs really do help us guide and crystallize what's going to be in the product content. Uh, and, you know, and we did have a few surprises. Um, I know one of, the, one of the items that came up there was a customer who really pulled on one particular feature that, that we knew was there, but we didn't really think was a major issue. And they actually, you know, pointed out to us that this was a major new feature capability in version 5.0. And that was the uh, 7x24 support, so the ability to pause the database and take a, take a snapshot. And we hadn't really understood the true ramifications of that being an issue for our customers out there in the marketplace. So yeah, it's, it's really good to get customer involvement and this helps us validate our program offerings and hopefully quantifies that we've got this right, the right approach and the product's fit for purpose. Vinny, thank you for that. So now let's talk about how our listeners would get the most out of this release of WebDE. So I'd like to throw this out to the floor now. Hey, Kenny, it's Vinny again. Um, just a couple of points, and then I'll let everybody else uh, weigh in with their guidance and advice as well. You know, one of the other things with 5.0 is we will be introducing a personal edition. And so customers can go onto our website and go to the downloads page and download a personal edition of WebDE 5.0 when it's available. This uh, will be a fully functioning product uh, that will work with the U2 database. So that's good for customers who want to go out and try that, you know, perhaps don't want to uh, try upgrading their current applications, but they really want to get a look and see how WebDE works. Uh, for anyone who's not used WebDE, you know, version 5 of the personal edition allows them to take that and start developing some web applications, see how it works, understand how RBOs work, and really give them an idea as to whether this is a product they want to adopt. The other thing our customers might want to do is look for U2 University. There's going to be a couple of sessions at the U2 University in Asia Pacific and in the UK on the new architecture and also how Visual Studio developers can take advantage of the new integration capabilities. Uh, so there are two things I just wanted to make sure our listeners heard and then I'll uh, pass it over to Ben and Steve. Vinny, thanks for bringing up U2 University. As you mentioned, we've got two remaining um, events in the UK and in Australia where for U2 WebDE users, we've got two sessions, one covering the leveraging the new architecture in 5.0, which has a lot of um, feature updates and, and covers some of the things we've talked about here in a little more detail. And the other session is on our Visual Studio integration, which goes into an extreme amount of detail on the things that Steve has been talking about here. Uh, in, at the Denver event, these were very popular sessions. I think a lot of customers got a lot of useful information out of these. So if you can attend a U2 University uh, session in your area, please do that. Those are very beneficial. 
And also, if you're looking to get more information on these new features that we've we've talked about here, we we do have updated documentation with version 5.0 that will cover all of these features in detail, um, so that you know exactly what you need to do to get things working. In addition to the documentation, we also have updated RB examples applications for our .NET uh, support. And uh, Kenny, one more thing I'd want to add on the .NET side of things is that um, as far as taking advantage of the new features in WebDE 5.0 for, um, for .NET is that uh, just the fact that our RBOs being able to um, be viewed from ASP.NET web pages as true .NET data sources lets developers, you 2 developers, take full advantage of all the existing documentation out there on the web um, as far as just using, just writing ASP.NET web pages in general. Um, there's really not a lot of difference between um, using an RBO as a .NET data source or any other type of .NET data source out there like the SQL data source or the object data source that, that you'll see in a lot of the MSDN documentation and the articles. So uh, it's nice to be able to just um, take that type of documentation, run with it, and know that you can plug your RBO conceptually into the same, uh, the same type of um, paradigm and, and be good to go. Well, thanks for that, Steve. So that wraps up today's episode of getting the most out of YouTube WebDE. I would first of all like to thank uh, my guests for joining me today. Vinny, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Kenny, and it's been a pleasure as always. Ben, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to help us out today. Thanks a lot, Kenny. I hope customers can use this podcast to get the most out of WebDE. And Steve, it's nice to have your debut on uh, our Rocket YouTube podcasts. Thanks, Kenny. Thanks for having all of us today.